Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. Ellen, I am remarkable. Oh my goodness. That's quite right? the word. It's a yeah. good one, right? Okay. So today we're going to be talking about Groomies by Christina Lauren, and later we are going to be talking about more about audiobooks, because I don't know if you've noticed this, but we talk about that a lot. Um, but first, Mom, what have you been reading? Well, Ellen, I have, last time we met, mm-hmm. I was, I had started the, what's it called? <laughs> the Rock, what's it? Oh, Devil's Rock. Devil's Rock By series. By Sophie Jordan. By Sophie Jordan. I had started that series. So, um, I finished Hell Breaks Loose. Then I read Fury on Fire, and then I read Beautiful Lawman. And can I just say, yowza. <laughs> Loved those books. <laughs> you kept going on and on like they were like the dirtiest books ever. And it's like... Mm. Well, they're not the dirtiest books ever, but they're dirtier than you typically read. Okay, sure. Anyway. Know. Also, like I've, been, I've been listening to those books. I've listened to the first two so far. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about this later when we talk about audiobooks, but, um, right. Yeah. That guy (laughs) reading those books is a little bit like, huh? Absolutely. Anyway, we'll get off on that later. I don't mean that we'll get, (laughs) we will talk about that later. We'll discuss about that later. (laughs) We will do no getting off. Okay, go. Anyway. Um, then after those, I had some time before I had to start reading the book for today, for our discussion today. Mm-hmm. So I went way back to a book that I bought a long time ago and had it on my Kindle, but never read it. And that is Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed that very much as well. And then I read Roomies by Christina Lauren for today. Okay. Mom, and then I, I didn't want to start anything else. Because I, I wanted that on my palate when we talked about it. I didn't want to have anything that cleansed my palate from that book because... I understand. I do the same thing. <laughs> so I think this might be the first time in a while that... Well, maybe I haven't read more books than you. But I finished listening to Beard in Mind, um, which I think I had started when we last met. Um, and I was just reminded of how much of a freaking sweetheart Bo is because bless his freaking soul he is just yes. so sweet he is a sweet um man. and then I started rereading some okay so I had read the first I had read the first two books in the Brother Sinister series by Courtney Milan a long time ago like when I first started reading romance novels so I reread The Duchess War Kiss for Midwinter and The Heiress Effect Um, I had not read The Countess Conspiracy, which I did read, and I am currently um, in the middle of The Suffragette Scandal. Um, I've really liked those books. They're they're really good books. Um, She's a very good writer. I don't know if, like, tonally they're always my favorite. She's kind of like, I don't know, like, sometimes they're fun and sometimes they're more serious, and that's fine. Um... But they're they're good. I like them a lot, and I'm liking the suffragette scandal a lot that so one was far. My favorite, 
Yeah. Um, and then I have, I all like I just said, I listened to the first two of The Devil's Rock, and I will probably keep listening to that um, while yeah, I you will. commute to work, <laughs> which that's an awkward uh, thing to be listening to while you commute to work, but I digress. Um, okay, so as we've mentioned, today we're going to be talking about Roomies, a standalone book by Christina Lauren, which is the pen name for the co-author team of Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings. Uh, coincidentally, a few days after our last podcast, when we selected this book to read, they announced via Twitter that Roomies is going to be made into a film, which is being produced by um, Jenna Dewan, former Tatum, RIP, that's so sad. Um, so it's going to be made into a movie. And I don't know, like, I don't think they've announced the platform or anything like that about it yet, but um, that's fun. We I like to see romance novels getting some some love they did um, say on the twitter that they were going to make some changes so oh i know mm. if they don't pick an irish guy with a dead sexy accent i'm not going to be on board <laughs> well we'll get into that um so here's the little description that i came up with Holland has grown up surrounded by music, being practically raised by her uncles, one of which is a world-class composer. Her ear for music is part of the reason she begins uh, going out of her way to seek out street musician Calvin, but the other reason is because he's super nice to look at. Uh, One night, Calvin helps her out of a dangerous situation at the subway station, and this leads to Holland having more run-ins with her previously from-afar crush. Uh, turns out Calvin is Irish with an adorable accent, charming as hell, and a Juilliard-trained musician. Holland's uncle, Bob, has the hottest musical on Broadway, but when they are down a key musician, Holland suggests Calvin step in. The only problem, Calvin is in the country illegally and cannot accept his dream job. You know that popular trope of marriage of convenience? pretty convenient that Holland needs to step up to the plate and marry her crush so that they can get a green card, so that he can get a green card. But as real feelings start to enter their fake marriage, things get muddled and lines become blurred as to what is real and what is not. Calvin's career takes off and Holland's feels, and Holland feels more and more stuck in a rut professionally. Plus, they have to pretend to the government that their marriage is a love match, or do they even have to pretend at all? So... Mom, what did you think of Roomies? <laughs> Ellen, I don't even know how to begin. <laughs> I loved this book. I loved this book, too. <laughs> I mean, loved it. I yeah, loved too. him. I liked both of them, but yeah. I loved him. I mean, yeah. seriously, loved him. Yeah, I, I yes. And I, but yes, I love, I liked both of them and we'll kind of get into this a little bit with my questions, but, um, yeah, I really liked both of them and I liked, I loved the marriage. I mean, we've talked before about how like marriage of convenience is one of our favorite tropes. Um, and this one was so good. I'll tell you, okay. I mean, with him. Like, this, he had me from, like, jump. Like, when he first looks up at her and, like, bites his lip and then, like, starts talking, I was just like, 
oh my gosh, I'm like already flustered by this guy. And he just says, lovely. And it's like, oh my gosh. I love yeah. him so much. I was just like, okay, you've, you've got me. You got me. Um, yeah. I And mom and I have been trying so hard not to like talk too much about this book. Um, but we were both pretty aware that we both liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought the story was like interesting the whole way through. Um, there wasn't a lot of things that either of them did that pissed me off, which, you know, that sometimes happens with us. Um, and, you know, like I said, they're a writing pair and whichever one of them came up with the thing where they need to text each other, um, should feel smug as hell because that was such like a good I was I don't know like I know just from where he's sending her dirty texts and yeah and they're like are they real or are they not but like we as a reader because... we as a reader know <laughs> that they sort of are real right um oh I was just like oh that's like so scrumptious like I just love that so much um I know, like, in my own writing, writing, there's, like, some things that you come up with and you're just like, oh, yes, that's so good. And I was, just when I was reading that part of the story, I was just like, they must feel so proud of that. Cause well, that and it was right such... after they first got married, and so they were still both kind of tentative about how yeah. each other feels. And then oh. he starts sending her these dirty texts, and she's like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. And as a reader, you're going, oh, yeah. And they're, and they're like, <laughs> sitting there with each other reading these texts. And they're, like, just blush. They're, like, both just, like, blushing all the time. And I'm just, like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. Yes. I was, I was, oh, gosh, that was so good. Anyway, more about what you thought, Mom. What, what, what more? I loved it all. I mean, they both had, um, like, stuff to overcome. That was one thing, because when he got mad at her when he found out that she was, um, and I get that he tried to apologize right away, and she just she was the one that kind of pulled back. But um, I thought what he did was way worse than mm-hmm. hers. Okay, so let's let's do this because I have this as a question. Okay. We often have problems with far fetchedness of the things that are keeping couples apart in romance novels. We've talked a lot about this with a lot of our other books. So for my part, I thought all of them in this book, at least especially on her part, which. And we've talked about this previously, too. A lot of the times, more often than not, unfortunately, it's the chicks that are pissing us off. Um, So for my part, um, I thought all of them in this book for her were, like, completely legit. So what what did you think about that? Well, I'm with you. I thought it was completely – because she'd obviously had a crush on him for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing was – and then when he found that out, he kind of, it kind of freaked him out that she kind of had feelings for him before they ever even actually met. Mm-hmm. And, um, but by that point in their relationship, it seemed like something he could have just laughed off, especially since yeah. he had to know that she was aware of him beforehand because otherwise, why would she have even brought her Uncle Well, Robert the first thing she says him? to him is, I love, I love your music, you right. know, and... I don't know. Maybe he just thought that that was just somebody passing. I don't know. But, I mean, she had... I think I think he was somewhat valid in at first being a little bit like, oh, 
oh, okay, <laughs> you know, like needing a moment to adjust to that idea at least, um, but not not in the way that he flipped out a lot, right? You know, and and started like accusing her of lying well, it just to him. Seemed like at that point in the relationship, because they were pretty hot and heavy by then, yeah, and you know they were having sex all the time and they were pretty close. It just seemed like something that would just be like. Oh, that's funny. And then, you, you know, you tease her about it because she was like... Well, and it was coming from her friend, right? Who he's, from day one, has been... Didn't like her. He didn't like her and kind of didn't trust how dramatic and things she she can be. So the fact that he, like, takes her at face value, you know, when she's right. talking about that is seemed a little unfair. And then, you know, when she... When Holland gets to kind of say... Are you kidding me right now? Like you're right. saying that I'm taking advantage, you know, that I don't know. When everything was, that's happened from this relationship is to help you and your career. Yeah. None of it helps me in my career. Yeah. And so um she's like so sue me that like I think you're kind of cute and you know. Right. And I have thought that for a while. Yeah. But um but with that said, he did kind of freak out, but then and she took off, and he. But immediately he tried to call her and start apologizing. I mean, he'd been trying to call her like the whole time she was gone. So, yeah. it's not like I think he overreacted, but then I think he quickly tried to recover from it. Yes. she was the one that was. And because we could hear, her, we had her thoughts because she had so many um, hangups about the whole thing. She she was very. I mean, because we're inside her head, mm-hmm. we can see all of her insecurities that she has about the whole relationship. As it but, is. And that's the thing is though, like her insecurities again all felt valid, you know? It's valid. Like, absolutely, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can like, see why this would upset her because she had all these insecurities about Yeah. And then let's talk about, you know, towards the end when the whole Amanda thing comes up where his family is all See now to her. me that is way worse than what yeah. she did. Yes. Way worse. And and she had every right, I think, to be like, okay, so you don't want to tell your family. You're talking about how, like, let's give this a go. Let's see where this where this takes us. But you're not going to tell your family that my real name, that I'm not this <laughs> that girl. I'm that I'm not Amanda. Yeah, and, that um, we haven't been married for four years or, you know, whatever. Well, and the whole thing of... Uh... You know, because he was already saying, let's not put a time limit on this. Let's see where, let's see how it goes. And, yeah. And she was on board. I mean, she's like, yeah, let's do that. And then um, she finds out he's been telling his family that he's been married for four years to someone else. And then yeah. when they did get married, he never changed that story. Yeah. So when his family comes, they're all calling her Amanda. And she's like, WTF. The, yeah. um It just, to me, that, and then the fact that he wanted her to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that it happened, you know, is one thing and you probably could have got over it. But the fact that he's like, let's just keep this up. She's like, you want them to keep calling me Amanda? Yeah. No, I'm not on board with that. Yeah. Well, and she says, like, that tells me that you don't see this as a long-term thing. Yeah. That you want me to keep up this, like, let's say we're married for the rest of our lives. You want me to keep up this ruse of your family calling me Amanda from now on? Yeah. (laughs) Um... So, again, but, again, in fairness to him, he, like, you know, I have this up, I'm, that was, I handled this horribly, and it's like, yeah, you did. Um, well, and just so I can say this, 
the fact that we got the makeup scene at the end made it all worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just that whole end scene where he's like, well, he apologized to her, and then they just, like, start making out. Because there isn't even sex in that last scene. It's just them. Yeah, it's true. For They make out in the hallway, and then they go back to the party, and they're all. Yeah. And she's just, this is so great. I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and we've kind of touched on this, but, like, also just throughout, I thought all of her insecurities were totally valid, right? Like, we know that she's into him, and then she can't really trust anything that's happening like even when they become intimate it's kind of like okay is he just doing this because like we happen to be living together and well and and because i'm helping his career and helping him stay in the country and is he just milking this for all it's worth or is he really have feelings for me yeah I, i totally got all of it i it all felt valid to me yes well it could have easily gone the other way so it was written well enough mm-hmm. that I was on board with everything that was going on. Yeah, which we've which we've encountered some of before, where, where it's like, like seriously, Multiple, like he's many times. you guys are trying to be as communicate, you know, like communicate as much as possible, and like you're still not getting this. Right. But I thought with them, it was kind of this, ten- and because the other thing you have to keep in mind is that they don't know each right. other, like at all and so it's got like that whole element to it um and anyway i just thought it was all handled like really well like kind of pitch perfect in terms of keeping you invested and having there be conflict but not ever having it like to the detriment of either well and also yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say is there's conflict but you don't end up like really pissed off at one or the other when you're reading the books yeah you, i mean yeah because both of them like even even when he's the one that's kind of screwing up it's like you're kind of like why are you doing yeah <laughs> like why is this happening but like you know he backpedals you know and you can kind of understand how he got himself in a bad situation yeah and she even says right. that right like she says especially with like the amanda thing she's like i understand like why he did it and where he's coming from but like at least if he had told me about it, like, then I could have, you know. And then she also makes the point of, thing. it's almost impossible for me to love him when I don't love myself. And she just felt like she needed to do something yeah. for herself. And so, and, and I was on board with that, too. I understood that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so my next question. Um, my only beef with this book, <laughs> and I don't know if you'll be able to tell, tell was how they had sex for the first time. In oh. what manner they had sex for the first time. Well, so let's unpack why you think that it needed to happen that way. You or, want my thoughts on this? <laughs> sure. My thoughts are, and if you haven't read the book, um, they wake up one morning in bed together after they've been like slobbery drunk all night and he he wakes up with a condom on and and they obviously and like she feels it like she like they they had sex like they while had they were sex drunk. and like he says they never made it to completion for either one of them and they just kind of passed out yeah in the middle um i think the reason that that worked because when it, they first when i first started reading i was like is this a dream sequence or what is uh, yeah that was me too here? well because there was that one scene early on where she like it acts 
Like It was a dream sequence. It was she... a dream sequence, but you kind of think, like, is this happening? And then it turns out to be a dream sequence. Right. And then this one, it's like, they wake up and it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is another dream? Um, I think, though, what that did is it broke down a barrier. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, we've already tried this. Why don't we try it for real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of broke down that will they, won't they, because yeah. now they already have. That's, yeah. And so when... It, like when they first are waking up, I was like, "No, don't let this be like how they first have sex." Like, because you know, I was like, "I'm like, oh, they're gonna have sex soon. It's gonna be so cool." Um, and so I was like, when it was first happening, I'm like, "Nah, gosh, dang it!" But then as the book kind of continued, I was like, "Okay, I kind of see like because it kind of creates this whole different kind of tension where it's like, okay, we've." Yeah, like you said, it's like, okay, we've already done this, so, like... But it wasn't great for either one of us, so yeah. why don't we try it again, and let's do it right this time. Yeah, and it, it kind, kind of... gave him something to prove, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think um, it kind of opens, like, you know, I think it kind of triggers something for him, too, right? Like, we we know that she's into him, right? Right. And um, I think because he gets that little bit of encouragement, like... Okay, well, drunk Collins at least wanted to hook up with me. He's on board. So I think, and like, because before that, we can tell that he's starting, he's at least a little interested in her, right? But I think that that kind of gives him a little push to be a little bit more aggressive, assertive, yeah, in, in like pursuing her. Right. And it also, another thing that, um, maybe why you didn't like it, I don't know, but, it kind of broke the mold of a regular romance novel where it has to be perfect the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think it's like I said, I, I, I don't mind it in hindsight, but when it was happening, I was like, no, what? No. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it happens, you know? And so, um, I like, I like it in that respect that, like it, it felt in it in hindsight. It felt real to them, right? Because they were right. they were drinking a lot and um, going out and getting drunk together a lot. So, and I did think something was going to happen in some sort of drunken state. I just didn't think it was going to be like the first time that they had sex. Well, and and we didn't get any introduction to it. I mean, we came in like after the fact. Yeah, so it was so it's not like we even got to see it. Um, but they did start to like recall you know right. certain things and that was certain things that was getting them all hot and bothered hot and bothered um okay what do you see holland doing professionally in the future is she writing is she doing something with music is she writing about music what she's definitely writing yeah um and that's the thing that's good if she's writing and it could be writing about music because she definitely has musical inclination yeah um not that she plays or sings or anything but she has definitely an ear and yeah um and if she goes to la with it makes it possible for him her to go to la with him because she won't have a job that she's leaving behind it's something she can do you know while she's traveling with him so and i liked um in my epilogue she's a writer and they're sitting in sunny la making tons of money together (laughs) <laughs> um, 
I liked the, you know, because I think she's like 25, 26 or something in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that conversation that she has with her uncle Jeff, right? Yeah. Um, where he's like, listen, nobody has life completely figured out. Like, um, you know, y- you just need to kind of take things as they come and uh, just do what's going to make you happy and sustain you. And Well, and I loved how um, she, the guy she worked with, Brian, how she was just so irritated with him. And then at the end, he kind of thought he was sticking it to her. And then she's like... You know, then she gets to make yeah. out her boyfriend, her husband, yeah, um, her husband, and everything's great. And so, it, I liked when she got to stick it to Brian. Yeah. Also, I should say that for me, like all of Holland's uh, relationship to writing felt like so <laughs> authentic. That's like so much of what she was just saying about how it's like. I just, like, I don't know what to do. Like, and feeling like, um, because we have this joke amongst, like, my friends that I'm kind of, like, my life is, like, the the sidekick in a rom-com, right? Like, I'm always just, like, the plucky little sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of my life. And so, kind of having that, that attitude about yourself, but then wanting to, like, write stories and things like that um, all felt, like, pretty authentic to at least my experience with writing, so... It was interesting, because I read Fangirl, and then I went right into reading this, mm-hmm. and um, kind of similar, the heroines, yeah, true. both writers, and dealing, you know, struggling with writing, and, mm-hmm. and um, so it was kind of interesting to read the one book right after the other book, Uh very similar, you know, dealing with writer's block, dealing with not being able to write, you know, what you're being asked to write or think you need to write or... Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I see Holland kind of like, maybe she's going to go write for Rolling Stone or something. She's going to write about something where she gets to like, not necessarily like review music, but kind of just write about like editorials about music because they, they made a really big deal about... Well, and, like, Calvin was just always, like, you have such, like, a gift. Like, you're not, you might not play an instrument, but, like, I trust you and your opinion about music more than, like, anybody else's. Um, Well, and that was a cute scene when she was, like, giving him feedback on how he played. And and he, like, really took her seriously and took it it to heart. and, And I think, you know, that was kind of a showing how they were growing together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing, each of them growing, but growing together, too, as a couple. Yeah. So. And I like the scene, too, right before, um, why can't I think of her friend's name? Lulu. Lulu. Right before Lulu kind of, like, ruins everything for them. And, like, she kind of protects him and gets all, like, um, from all the, like, crazy stalker fans and things like yeah. that. Um, and so she... So I like getting to see, they did a good job of giving her kind of these moments of getting to be strong and kind of finding more of her footing, and that kind of gets her closer to, like, no, I need to, like, take care of myself and, like, figure out what I need right. to do, because she kind of gets those tastes of it, and um, 
and realizes that that's something that's missing from her life. So I liked, I agree, Ellen, you're right. I know. Thank you. Um, my only other quibble (laughs) and you can, um, you can either agree or disagree and that's fine is that I'm not really, so like, can I either agree or disagree? You're you're too kind. No, you only can agree with me. Um, (laughs) So you and I are pretty, like, we're not complete Broadway junkies like some people I know, but we're pretty aware. Um, And I'm not really aware of, like, any Broadway musicians gaining the notoriety that he seems to gain from this show. I wasn't ever really clear on, like, the nature of his role in the show. Can you explain that to me? Well, it's almost like his guitar playing was a character in the show is the way I kind of... Yeah, that's... Like, was he on stage at point? I mean, like, he... I don't know that he was on stage, but I think he was spotlighted during some of his solo performances. Okay. And I think that's what made him... And I have a feeling he was, he's supposed to be just an otherworldly kind of player. He's so mm-hmm. good that it really stood out. And then the two of them together were, so he became like part of a team, mm-hmm. even though the guy was the star of the show. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I just didn't know how much like I, I, I bought into that. that I've never seen anything like it, but I, I mean, if he looked like they described him in the book, <laughs> I might become a junkie. I just, like, the fact that Entertainment Weekly and stuff cared about him, I'm like, but, like, would they? I mean, like, I, I would love if, you know, the people who play instruments for Broadway got more attention, but I just haven't, I hadn't heard of that before, and so. Well, it's unprecedented. So yeah, it's true. I'm pretty sure they even mentioned that in the Okay. Unprecedented means it's never happened before, but now it is. So get over yourself. Okay. I disagree with you, Ellen. (laughs) You just wanted to disagree with me. I just wanted to disagree. Whatever you were going to say, I was going to (laughs) disagree. I I know how things go around here. Okay. So my last question that I came up with, with the movie coming, any casting suggestions? The thing is, is that they need to be somewhat young, right? Young-ish. Yeah, so we can't go with a Colin Farrell or... No. Um, it needs to be younger than that. Um, I can't think of anybody offhand, I know, I but he know. better <gasps> have a dead, sexy oh. Irish accent. Mom, do you know who I thought for a second? But he's too old. Well, he's not that old. But Ian, Ian DeCastaker from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he's Scottish. Uh, he's Scottish. But that could work. And I love him so much. I know you do. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've mentioned it once or twice. Um, um, no, we'd have to. We'll have to go on the hunt for the perfect guy. Yeah, I, I don't hope care that they, they don't place, change but. that element that he's Irish. I hope they don't. Well, that that's important to the storyline because he's got to be from another country. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, he has to be from another country. But I liked him. And being Irish, Irish is just too. I mean, that's just. Irish or Scottish, it's got to be one or the other, because that's just the accent has to be. Except she keeps talking about how he says tings. Tings. (laughs) Tings. Tings. I know, because that's like such a huge... I loved it. (laughs) That's like such a huge thing And I didn't even... Well, the audiobook for this, I always listen to some of the audiobook, um, but it's read by a girl because it's from the girl's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't, I didn't look it up or anything, 
I think the gal that read it is Irish because she has kind of an awkward American accent, Mm -hmm. but her Irish accent was really good. So I have a feeling she might be Irish in real life. Well, it's probably easier, honestly, to find, like, Irish people who can do an American accent because they hear it more than we hear, like, legit Irish accents, not just the Lucky Charms commercials. But um, I just really wanted a dude with an Irish accent because you know me and accents. I mean, I do know this about you, Mom. I didn't. This is something I didn't realize, though, until I started reading these books and listening to these books. I didn't realize I had an accent thing before that. However, I really did like Timothy Oliphant in Justified because he had it great. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, but I. I'm finding that I just really love yeah, these she does. guys with accents. <laughs> Holy cow. Ugh. Anyway. Um, and then for the girl, I mean, like, the girl, I don't know. Any cast? Any, any girl could play her. Yeah. He can't be... I'm afraid they'll pick someone too pretty. I don't... Yeah. I guess he's got to be kind of rugged looking mm-hmm. for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody too hipster or too pretty. But that's just a personal preference. <laughs> no, I think that's that's kind of where I would go as well. But um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. They'll either do a good job or they'll not. But we'll see. Or we won't be happy. But they will hear from me. <laughs> I will write letters if I don't like who they pick. <laughs> So watch out. Julie's going to write a letter. Watch out. I'm coming after you with some strong-worded emails. <laughs> yeah, because you won't write letters. Like, let's be honest. No. That's, that takes too much effort on your part. Um, Mom, any other thoughts on Remy's besides more about how much we oh, loved just it? Just that I loved it. I loved it so much. I haven't – it's been a while since I've read a book that I just was – Yeah. I can't stop reading this. Yeah, I... we talked. We talked about that. It's been like for me too. I, like I haven't felt this like, oh my gosh, I love this book so much in a while. <laughs> like probably not since like a penny read or something. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, so also on that note, I would like to read because this is my first Christina Lauren book. Um, so if you guys have. Uh, like recommendations for where I should go next with them um, please let me know I know they've got like a couple different series and I know that some of their series seem to be linked so if you have recommendations on what the reading order should be I would um, I would love that feedback so because um, yeah I want to read more because I loved this book so much that I usually read the entire catalog <laughs> of somebody <laughs> when I've liked a book this much. Well, that's why I've been doing Sophia Jordan. Yeah. For the past Sophie weeks. Jordan, but so that's what I meant. Yeah. Making her sound more pretentious than she <laughs> Well, you know me. You know me in names. <laughs> that's true. I, at least I was in the ballpark. <laughs> so, those are our thoughts on Roomies by Christina Lauren. We would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, Goodreads Group. Our Twitter, which is at NotYourMomsRom, or you can email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. 
So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On May 28th, which I believe is Memorial Day, um, we will be discussing Gentle Rogue by Joanna Lindsay. It is the third book in her Mallory Anderson series, and it's considered to be a bit of a classic in the historical romance arena. So I think it's time for mom to read it. I have read it. It's been a while, though, since I've read that book. So so it's the third in a series, so I have to read a whole series. <laughs> yeah, and it's a long series, so... But you just Dang you no. just need to read three <laughs> books by... You can do that. I can do three books. Yeah, I know. Um, are they long books, though? No. If I did seven for Marriage of Inconvenience... Yeah, and those I'm are sure longer books. <laughs> those are longer books than these, so... You should be able to handle it. Um, So we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about audiobooks and our thoughts on the pros and cons. I have some audiobook thoughts. Yes, you do. They're probably not appropriate. (laughs) They're not. So stay with us. Welcome to our little break segment. So we thought we would come back to our segment of story time with mom and Ellen. And in honor of roomies, we thought we would both share a little story about um, our own experiences with roommates and um, how that's gone. I'll say for me, I've been very lucky in the roommate department. I've loved most of my roommates. I have had like a couple exceptions, but like only a couple. Um, so mom, why don't you... And you've had roommates for a long time. Yes, I have. Yes, I have, unfortunately. I'm living alone, like, for the first time in my adult in life. life. Yeah. Um, besides my dog, who you might hear snoring throughout this podcast, and I apologize. Um, so mom, why don't you kick us off with your roommate story? You want me to go first? Yeah, I do want you to go first. <laughs> I have had fewer years with roommates. I, um... Mom was 20 when you got married? I was 20 when I got married. Um, So I only went to two years of college before I got married. So I only had roommates for a couple years. But I do have, I did have this one great story. (laughs) It's a classic. It is a classic. It's, I need to preface it by saying, well, both Ellen and I both went to um, church colleges, Mm -hmm. religious colleges. Mm -hmm. And um, not the same one. We went to different ones. But um, so it was pretty straight-laced where I went to college. And, um, you know, lots of rules and whatever. Um, But I had these roommates who were super boy crazy. I mean, crazy boy crazy. So as a joke, I bought a Playgirl magazine, (laughs) which I'd never done before. Felt so nasty. Um, but I bought a Playgirl magazine. And like a 70s and, Playgirl magazine. Yeah. So. Well, see, if I were doing this same thing today, I probably could have found regular magazines that had what I was looking <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, true. But what I did is I made them a collage of hot guys, but I um, just barely edited everything. So I had just barely removed the male parts. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. The... <laughs> I think I think we're with you. <laughs> Is everyone following me so far? And um, so I made this whole collage of all these guys that were just barely edited. 
then as time went on, I had a class that I had to cut. I had a fashion merchandising class, and I had to cut clothes pictures out of a magazine. This was the only magazine I had that had that kind of stuff in it. So I used the same magazine, and I cut clothes pictures out. And by the time that was done, I it, the magazine was pretty shredded. So I threw it away. Well, where we lived in that college, our dorms were um, kind of U-shaped dorm, building around a open courtyard, like a grassy courtyard. And we lived on the second floor all the way at the end. And we were the furthest from the garbage can. So what we, we were so intelligent. We put a box outside our door and we would dump our garbages into this box and then we would walk it down to the trash once the box got filled. And so one day I was at class and I'm coming home from class and um, I'm walking across the grassy courtyard in the middle of our dorm and there's all this paper on there. And when I look down, it's all pictures of penises that are all over the, that are all over the grass. Well, our box had blown over, and so all my scraps from my Playgirl magazine have flown all over the courtyard on the ground. And I'm walking around looking down at all these penis pictures on the ground, and. I just didn't say anything. I just walked to my apartment, tipped our box back upright, went inside, <laughs> never <laughs> never cleaned them up, never said a thing to anyone about it. First just... of all, litter bug. Second of all, whatever. my favorite part of that story is just imagining, because I know the school that mom went to, and just imagining the like sweet, naive, tender-hearted <laughs> like girls that were there and must have just been like oh my gosh this is like is that what (laughs) what is that (laughs) oh my gosh well so there was i went to a school with all these little sweet religious people and then me yeah Yeah, so mine is anyway that's my roommate story there you go mine's in a similar vein um so my roommates and like a couple friends that I didn't live with, but lived in our apartment complex. Um, we would kind of do these things sometimes on like Friday nights. We'd get a bunch of our mattresses out in our living area and we'd, you know, have a sleepover and watch marathons of America's Next Top Model and just goof off and stuff. And so one Saturday we were like being pretty lazy watching TV and reading Cosmos because I used to, um, so, like we said, we went to religious colleges, and so anytime I had a friend that would get married, I would make her, like, these sex books of um, Cosmo articles and things like that, that I was like, here, you don't know anything about sex because you've never had it? Here's some some tips from Cosmo. <laughs> um, and so we were reading Cosmo magazines on, like, a Saturday afternoon at this point because we had been lazy all day. Um and we were reading this article that was like 57 different ways to like spice up your blowjobs. Um, so that was something we were reading. And one of the tips that like my friend got hung up on was like to pretend that his member is an ice cream cone. And we were just like going off on this for a really long time about like, ah, that's silly. Ah, and just like, you know, being... 19 year old girls about it um and so then like 
20 minutes later, these guys that were, like, our neighbors <laughs> came by, and they're like, hey, ladies, we're having, like, an ice cream party over at our apartment. Do you guys want to come over? And all of us just start busting up, and we go <laughs> over, and we must have been so freaking obnoxious when I think about it in hindsight, but... We just could not, like, all of us were just covering our mouths while we were eating these ice cream. <laughs> Couldn't watch each other <laughs> eat ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> like, Don't look at me. <laughs> I feel so dirty. <laughs> and we were just like, oh my gosh, we can't, you know, they can't see us licking these ice cream cones. They can only be thinking one thing, just because that's what we were thinking. Um, so that's just my kind of silly story about my roommate's. In. It's weird that both of our stories included penises. Yeah, that is. <laughs> or peni. I don't know how you pluralize penises. I think it's penises. Right? I don't know. It's not peni. Who would... Peni? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> no, it could not. <laughs> like octopi. Anyway. <laughs> that was story time. With story time. With mom and Ellen. A little different than story time, you know, for toddlers or something um so come back next time and maybe we'll have a story for you more great stories i'm sure all right bye and we're back to talk um more about audiobooks we've talked uh, we've had a segment before where we've talked about audiobooks but i've been on such an audiobook kick lately um, just because I my job situation has changed and now I have a commute again. And so I've been using that time to listen to mom's vast library of... Um, and we road tripped. Yeah, and we road tripped. Recently. So I've gotten, I've gotten into the audiobook bug that mom has so long had. Um, so we just wanted to talk more about... Um, you know, the pros and cons and, like, uh, good things about, I think, audiobooks done well and audiobooks done not as well, right? Um, right. So, basically, the main thing that I've taken away from listening to audiobooks for the past uh, few weeks now is, listen, I would never want to deprive a a female performer of a job. Like, I think we need more women in in that industry. We need to support women, especially in this romance genre. You know, like, the romance business is, you know, by women, for women. I'm all about that. Here's the thing, though. Um, <laughs> if it's for women, to have a man with a very nice voice, read these sex scenes. It takes on a different... Oh my gosh. Those Sophie Jordan books? Those yes. Those Devil's Rock books? The guy that reads those books yeah. has the sexiest voice. It is just deep and gravelly. Yeah. And he... Oh my gosh, so Ellen. I'm walking seriously. to work listening to these books, and I'm just like... Oh my gosh. Like, I was. It's just. It's very flustering. Um, but it puts zings in your thing. Oh, zings in your tings. <laughs> oh, 
gosh. Um, yeah, it's it just it takes on a different uh, a different thing, you know. And I I like the kind of um, most the Winston Brothers series. They've got, and I realize that not all books are from dual POV, but a lot of right. romance books are from dual POV. Yes, can we? Yes. And I understand that if you have a dual POV, get a guy. I want a guy reading the guy part. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, I'll tell you what, more people <laughs> would buy them. <laughs> like, uh, well, and even like Penny Reads Rugby series, mm-hmm. the Irish accents. Oh my gosh. And, oh, and can I just throw in Dan from Marriage of, of Inconvenience? I still need to listen to that one because I want to hear. Oh. That voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but these guys with these accents, when they read them and they do a good job, it's just like, holy crap. Yeah. And I've listened to a lot of, um, like, historical um, romances with audiobooks. And it's usually some woman who does a very nice job. And... Um, but she always sounds very stately, and it's always very, you know, my favorite word in a, a historical audiobook is gasped. I gasped. And, <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It's, and so it's hard. I'm not looking to, as we said earlier, get off on, um, on these audiobooks necessarily, but it does add a certain... It adds a little bit more richness to the experience. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so that's the main thing that I, I wanted to talk about with audiobooks. Um, Mom, any other notes on audiobooks? Well, I just... I can handle a guy doing a girl's voice, but when the girls do the guy's voice, it... Um, it's not as good. Except, you yeah. know who does a good job with it is um, the girl that reads the Penny Read books. Um, uh, Jen. and The girl that did Jen. I can't yeah. remember her name. Some, like, um, some of them definitely do better than others. And some guys don't do as good with the, you know, it's all in who right. they get. Um, I do, I, I find it a little less distracting when a guy is doing a girl's voice versus a girl doing a guy's voice. Right. Um, I think the the, point I was. Yeah, I think the girls have to put a little more like effort into sounding manly, and like we want them to be like sexy manly. So then they're trying to do that, and that doesn't always come off. Where and maybe it's just because we're women, and yeah, so we just don't get into it as much. But um, when you've got a great voice reading some of these scenes, it's just it adds so much to it. Yeah. That, um, and I don't want to sound like a pervo, no, but, um, but it just adds, I, I mean, I, I keep thinking about the Devil's Rock series because that guy's voice is, Whew. and he does a really good job of doing the, the women voices without it right. being, um, well, he doesn't make them high and squeaky. Yeah. He's he not just... trying, or like ditzy. Sometimes, some of the, sometimes the guys kind of make them sound like, oh, well, yeah. well, well, well. And I don't like that either. Um, but, and it's not even, I, I just, I think it's a really good idea, even 
not just for, you know, having a guy read the sex sex scenes, because that is nice, but um, the dual POV, having a male and a female, I think just right. kind of, it makes it feel more, like, separate. Yeah, and more, like, story, it adds more to, like, the performance of the story. Right. Well, and it makes it more, like, you get into more of the, you're getting into their heads more, because it's more of the, you've got the different POVs. Yeah. different voices. I am learning that I I I think I prefer listening to contemporary versus historicals. And I think that is just I because of agree. what I said. Like I right. think I don't know if I've ever listened to a historical with a male. I have mom. There's um an audiobook of a Georgette Hare book. Um, Sylvester, I think, that is narrated by Richard Armitage. Oh my gosh. And and is he reading sex scenes? <laughs> no, there's no sex scenes in those. Oh, that's the point. <laughs> but just just <laughs> listening to his voice for that long is, is nice. Um, I although he does kind of a bad uh, girl voice, in my opinion. Girl voice. Just, it's just because his voice is so deep and sexy that... But in some, especially in historicals, when you've got like a pristine little uh, English miss singing or reading this, these books, um, there's just certain words that... Yeah. That don't come out sounding like... Uh, you got to sound grittier when you're reading something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I, I don't... Nipple. <laughs> trust you to go there i don't want i'm not i'm not trying yeah like i said like mom said i don't want to come off as pervy but and i don't want to take any jobs away from from women but it's just just think about it people because it's (laughs) definitely add something and um we will keep you abreast of the really good ones (laughs) yeah we will because mom apparently is going to keep buying them so I am a connoisseur of male voices reading romance novels. Yeah. So that is, um, those are our thoughts on, um, on audiobooks. And thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for Gentle Rogue by Joanna Lindsay in two weeks on May 28th, you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Or you can find us on Twitter at NotYourMomsRom, or on Facebook or Goodreads, or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're oh, welcome, and, Ellen. Any, anytime And here. a bit of, um, if you'll allow me a moment, uh, tomorrow, as, the, as of when we're recording this podcast, is Mother's Day. I didn't get anything for Mom because I'm a horrible <laughs> daughter. So, Mom, happy Mother's Day. Thanks, Ellen. You're welcome. Thanks. I like you, okay? I don't know if that comes across <laughs> on this podcast, but happy Mother's Day. So, thanks, Ellen. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.